Hello and welcome to Open School of Business. Today I have a pleasure to introduce you to Carl Lillerud. He's an entrepreneur with over 24 years of experience in online and omni-channel strategies. He was named the world's top 50 e-commerce expert by the ecommanager.com. Uh, and uh, he is running several businesses at the same time. Uh, he's also a book author uh, that's been best-selling on Amazon, and he's writing his fourth book right now. Uh, you might want to check out his TEDx talks uh, on the internet. Uh, so today we're going to have a conversation about his businesses and how he achieved them and also some trips and tricks um, during COVID-19 pandemic on how to work with your clients and uh, expand your network and do more even in these challenging times. Uh, so hi, Carl, welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you so much. Uh, today, I would like to start you off uh, with um, you introducing us to your businesses. What do you currently do and maybe some of your most recent successes? Yeah, so I, I've been doing so many things uh, throughout my entrepreneurial life. And as you mentioned, I've been uh, working for 24 years. I started my first company when I was 16 and have since then been running several different companies in, in many different countries as well. Uh, right now, I'm actually focusing in on my uh, my keynote speaking and my mentoring, uh, which is also connected to the books that I write. So I'm focusing on on inspiring and educating people around the world. Uh, and as I do that, I get uh, more and more companies that contract me as a consultant to help them throughout different challenging situations, mostly connected to how to make more out of their current, current business and to find bottlenecks within their business. Can you uh, share more about um, the topics of the books that um, you've published? Uh, and that I've noticed also that you've published some books with co-authors and some books uh, you publish on your own. And can you share uh, what was easier and what would you recommend in general for authors to start with? Yeah. So the first two books uh, was co-authored uh, and I was invited to uh, join a set of entrepreneurs to write uh, books about entrepreneurship, which was very interesting, uh, especially as I was interested in publishing a book, but it was far from something within my comfort zone. And I love doing things outside my comfort zone. So this was really something that I wanted to understand more of. Uh, but it's always good to take a first baby step before you start running sort of. So co-authoring a book is re really something I can recommend for someone who are interested in writing a book. Um, and then you realize that there are many things that you need to think about when you write the book. And also that there's nothing that will be perfect. At one point you need to accept what you have written and just 
publish it because otherwise you will be stuck with that book and just trying to make it perfect on and on and on layer on layer on layer and after a while you just lose your uh, uh, inspiration and eventually in worst case don't even publish the book right. and yeah and, and that led me to where i am today with with uh, just about to publish the fourth book which is called hacking your destiny a book that is all about different methods of getting more out of your life but also a book that i wrote very honestly about my life and the situations i have been in and how I tackle them and what I learned from them and I go through in every chapter with the reader it's it's built up like a a flow that I have that I would design myself sort of I open each chapter with with a question that I was going around with and I realized that by writing down the question it was so much easier to find the answer and after, the, after that, I follow up with some thoughts and, uh, and uh, understandings about this particular question. And, and then I go over to an example where I make sure that the reader actually understands the situation and, uh, and the problem. And after that, I go into the tools or the methods of how to solve this current situation and this is where the reader converts the situation into their own this is where you actually learn something instead of just reading a book for fun this it will right. make sure that you transform your life and you in the end will have a number of tools that you can use in everyday situations to get through even the toughest situations Yes, uh, and also I've noticed that you are from Sweden, uh, but you uh, travel all over the world with your keynote speeches. Uh, and also one of your companies uh, is residing in Spain. So nowadays during the lockdown, uh, where do you reside and how do you manage uh, businesses that are outside uh, of the country for you? Yeah, um... The current situation is tough for everyone, I think. Uh, I, I am living in Spain and I'm from Sweden and we have been on lockdown here in Spain for quite some time now. But I have always been, or always, I have for very many years been using online tools to be more and more efficient. For us to be able to make use of the current situation, all companies need to transform. We need to be able to work from home and that also enables us to be able to work from anywhere in the world. So it sort of questions the normal way of working inside an office and going back and forth from the office to your home every day. And it enables for people to work from other countries and, and potentially even working as so-called digital nomads where you just travel the world and work from wherever you are currently. And today, today you're in, let's say you're in Saigon today and tomorrow you're going to Bangkok or whatever. It's like you don't really need to be in the office space 
as long as you deliver on your deliverables and uh, you can run many companies from just uh, from, from a computer with a good stable internet connection. Right. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, one of the reasons that they even start that journey is because they value the freedom and they like to learn more just by traveling and exploring new places. So it's a perfect example of doing that. So uh, hopefully once things go back to normal, a lot of entrepreneurs and digital nomads can go back to their uh, traveling lives while working and uh, making money. Uh, so uh, one of the things that usually digital nomads have trouble with is actually settling down in one of the places that they've explored. Uh, so is there any reason behind why you chose Spain and do you speak Spanish? How is the adjustment when Spanish is not your first language? Yeah, uh, the result of choosing Spain is actually the result of uh, traveling quite much all over the world, both as a speaker, but also uh, because me and my wife are, are interested in, in exploring new places. Uh, and that is also where we find inspiration and, uh, and to actually broaden our perspective by not just following the same routine every day but also get other impressions from all over the world. Uh, I've been living in, in quite many places already and uh, we've been traveling to even more places. And by going through all these different places, trying to write a plus and minus list or positive and negative list for each and every place, we created a list of things that we were expecting out of where we wanted to live and at at one time we thought we wanted to to live in in asia so we moved to thailand uh, and uh, i've been working very much in china as well uh, we realized that there were some things that didn't really fit our our need or our our, our requirements so we moved back to Sweden and then uh, instead of moving the entire family with uh, my wife and daughter, I decided to go to US and Silicon Valley to see if that was a place for us to live. Um, and going all of these places and uh, trying to figure out what is good, what is bad, what is better than, than where we were from the beginning in Stockholm and what is what is worth moving away for? I mean, you shouldn't just move just to get the inspiration. You, you should move to get more out of life. And what is it that you want to get out of life? And these questions and some more guided us through this decision process. And I think the, the answer is different for everyone. You need to figure out what questions or what desires and the requirements you have. And, and that will define your rule books, so to say. Right. Uh, everyone has their own preferences and um, yeah. uh, definitely having a business that's profitable will uh, open up more options for you. So um, talking about the businesses, um, 
and also because uh, your expertise is in e-commerce, uh, what can you say um, now, uh, how the e-commerce going to change after the pandemic and possibly uh, what is your advice for the small businesses who have been thinking about doing business with Amazon uh, or doing their own shop uh, through Shopify, uh, for example, or even doing drop shipping with the Chinese companies. Uh, is this some sort of an opportunity right now or uh, are there any other trends that people should be following and uh, using those opportunities to their advantage? Yeah, so the first answer to your question is there is no need for you to start an online business if you don't know who your customer is. So the first and most important thing is to figure out who your customer is. After that, you can start thinking about how to reach that potential customer. Because a visitor to a website is normally not a customer. I mean, there will be many more visitors to your website than you will have actual paying customers. And the normal conversion uh, of making a visitor become a paying customer is about 2 to 3%. Um, while in retail, if you have a retail store, the conversion of someone stepping into the store and actually buying something is closer to 55%, depending on what type of store you have, of course. Um, so the difference is huge, but the demand on, on your manpower to run an e-commerce site compared to a retail store is also huge. So you need to understand the differences, but also the, the possibilities that this have. The second thing that you should think about is to analyze if your current customers is the customer base you're targeting, or if you're trying to reach a greater customer base. Is that customer base in the same country or abroad? because these things will define how you choose to build your online business. And maybe this is a too big question to answer from the beginning. So maybe you should just try to get those first customers that are keen on buying from you online to actually be able to buy those few products that they are looking for. Maybe you don't need to present your full assortment or maybe you can have, if we go wild and crazy, maybe you just have, like you and I have a video conversation now, meet your customers online, pick and pack their order as they wait in a video call and send it to them. I mean, don't go, don't go and build a, a huge platform with all these bells and whistles if that is not what your customers are looking for. And if you only have one customer per week that buy from your online store, then potentially a video call is even better for that customer. Just as one example, don't, don't go and build something big and fancy if you don't need it. Maybe the customer engagement is more important than how the buttons are looking. Right, it's a minimum viable product before uh, you actually 
um, scale up the whole operation. Yeah. And uh, you worked for H&M for um, quite a while. And uh, I was curious what kind of lessons you learned from there and their business. Yeah, so I've been helping many organizations as a consultant, including H&M. And with them, I was running uh, many different, really, really complex and global projects uh, where we wanted to scale the online business in, in many more countries and we changed uh, infrastructure in, in countries where we had production and so on. So I learned a lot from working with H&M and, and also that even though it's a huge organization, there is people behind it. And in many situations, it's very, very important to understand the people rather than, than the technology, especially when you work with people in other countries. Because even though you think you're building a technical solution that is really efficient in your, in your country, maybe the, the possibilities in other countries aren't the same. Maybe the internet connection speed is lower or maybe their screens are smaller and, and all these things that you normally wouldn't think about that could cause huge problems in the end of the, uh, in the, end of the line or in the, in the cycle. So I learned to not just go with the problem, but actually understand the, the full scope of it and, and under, analyze it from different angles, not just that we want to make more money, but actually understand the people behind it. What is it that people need to do? And what will this change in their current situation? How will this change their working environment for the better? And in the end, will it actually be more efficient or not? Or is it just one more layer of functionality that doesn't actually give the outcome that we are expecting. Right. I think um, H&M is a good model for uh, retail in terms of uh, providing really nice fashion for an affordable price. And uh, there have been some controversy over the years about the factories in China. where the minorities work and um, and they've claimed that they don't even get paid, uh, which is obviously not H&M's responsibility. But however, uh, how do they decide on the suppliers to make sure that the suppliers are adhering to the moral ethic uh, guidelines and uh, are basically good to human beings? They have a very thorough system. Uh, They don't own the factories uh, where the production is made, but they have a large number of factories that they work with. And each of these factories uh, are are checked on uh, on a number of of situations throughout the the process. and, And they look for all these potential issues, not just uh, undermine uh, uh, or younger generations that work in the factories, but also 
for other things like fire extinguisher and all these things to make sure that the environment that the people are working in follow a number of, of requirements. And these requirements are higher than, than the ones that are in that country, for example. Uh, so H&M tried to lead by example, instead of just getting the, the cheapest products produced, they actually tried to make sure that people can make a living from it and that they can live good lives based on the salary that they make. Um, yes, and uh, also, um, how do you see that the retailers in general these days uh, can protect their employees uh, from being furloughed um, or from being uh, unemployed for the uh, pandemic time being. Um, and you can see that a lot of them are going bankrupt these days, like JCPenney and others. Um, uh, is there any advice or a strategy that big retailers can take um, that can help them? That is a very, very complex uh, question and the situation is, is uh, hard to explain even, even though we all live in it right now. But, but what we see is that more and more people that used to just go to their jobs and follow their routine are trying to find new ways of getting more out of life, which I think is a good thing. I don't think it's good that people lose their job and lose money, but I think it's good that we try to look at our life and see what more we can get out of it or what more we can do to live a better life. So the current situation with massive amount of people losing their jobs is a very, very sad situation. And, and there's no quick fix to it. Uh, organizations want to stay alive and for them to be able to stay alive they make they need to make a profit uh, and if their company don't sell anything because the customers are locked in their homes then they can't make a profit and by by those logical steps you will not be able to pay any of the employees so what we have seen in, in many organizations is also that they have been doing something for years and years and now they realize that they need to change because the demand is not there any longer. Like for example, H&M have this, uh, decided to, instead of producing uh, fashion items in the factory, they are producing face masks and so on. I, I, I believe that we will see more of that even after the pandemic is over that organizations that used to do one thing realize that they can do something else or something more, which is right. amazing. So yes. the world is evolving. This, this uh, pandemic would also make us, as we just covered, it make us able to work from, from other locations. We will not have to go to the office space. We don't have to spend time in a bus with a hundred other people that might have some sort of virus. I'm not just uh, the, the COVID-19 virus, but perhaps someone just have the normal flu. Why would you 
want to get the normal flu and, and be in bed for a couple of days even. If you have a chance to work from home for a couple of days per week, for example, and spend more time with your family and your children. Yes, and I think uh, it's a good opportunity for employees as well to think about their general skill set and being able to um, refocus their efforts, either finding a different job in a different industry or even opening your own business, although it is very hard. But um, I think if you share some of your early experiences, you can also make an example of how you can think of a new idea and implement it. Even when you're 16, you, you had your own business, the first one. And these things are possible in any time. And especially in crisis, a lot of very successful companies were founded um, because it takes the brave uh, and uh, takes almost irrational person to enter this uh, incredible journey. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that is very much uh, what my, my book, Hacking Your Destiny, is about actually look at your life and get more out of your life but also what i do as a mentor where i guide people to get more out of their capacity and and help them with life tough questions in their life and to actually find the right path for them to to decide to follow on not just to tell them what to do, but actually to help them find their own answers. Because you need, in the, in the beginning, you need to know which questions to ask. And after a while, you need to decide on which answers you like to follow. Because it's not just to quit your job and, and start a new business. It's about understanding your customers understanding their desire and, and their requirements and their expectations and also the pricing. I mean, even though you might have an amazing idea, if the pricing is wrong, no one will buy it. And there's many of these questions that you need to go through before you can start your own business. And even if, if you have a running business and looking at how to change your business model and your product offering you need to do the same type of journey and that again i do as a as a business coach where i help organizations and organizational leaders to understand how to get more out of their current business and uh, how they can change their business model to make it more profitable yes um i am um had a lot of authors uh, on this podcast <clears throat> and one idea just struck me you were talking about the pricing right now to see if it's the right price um, and uh, in a business of publishing and um, writing books especially when you are um, an author <clears throat> that's um coming up with their first book, uh, what is the right uh, strategy for pricing? And also uh, for finding your audience. Because 
a lot of people write books and it's not necessarily a success because they don't have a certain audience that already know them that would go and buy the book. Um, so as an author that is already on your fourth book, I'm sure you have some insights on how to make the book a success and also how to use it uh, for your other businesses. Yeah, so uh, good questions. And uh, the first thing is to understand uh, who your reader, reader is, the audience. Um, but I normally don't start with the audience. I start with my idea. I design um, a pattern or, or a mind map as that is the tool that I use when I write anything almost. Uh, and with that mind map, I can see who the potential customer is. And then at the later stage, I decide if that is a customer that I want to target. Otherwise, I need to design my messaging to reach the, the customer that I, I choose to target. But also understand that even though you believe you're targeting one customer, maybe your, your success will come from another customer base. For example, if I were to write a book for younger teenagers, maybe the customer is not the teenager. Maybe the customer is their, their parents as their mother wants them to read a book and understand that they won't read the book if it's not something that will interest them. And then she go to the store and try to find a book that might be interesting. So again, understand who your customer is. And based on that, you can define the pricing and, and perhaps even elaborate with the, with the pricing by testing different pricing models and, and potential uh, bundles. Like for example, if you have a book, then maybe you will uh, sell the book for one price, but the book might lead to you getting your next job or something like that. Uh, then maybe the price on the book is, is very low because your goal is not to sell the book, but to get people to find you. Like if this book would be your CV, uh, so that the, the people in the organizations would actually learn about your capacities so that they can see if you fit their organization. So again, don't think of the world as black and white, but rather that there's a number of questions that you can ask and based on the answers, you can choose your path. Uh, that's excellent. And I think a lot of authors do uh, start out with their ideas and uh, it is because they have knowledge that they want to share with the world and oftentimes they wouldn't be very technical in terms of sales and marketing and especially digital marketing these days so if you could share a business model of how to really start doing this um testing for your pricing depending on the target audience i think that would be really good uh useful help for our audience today yeah so to start with um there's different ways of writing a book um you, you know, either it's a paperback book or it's an ebook or it's an audiobook or potentially it's uh, a newsletter where you actually start by seeing if your book have 
an interest by trying to get subscribers for your newsletter. Uh, and by doing so, you potentially also connect with your, re your uh, future readers and can have a dialogue with them instead of spending, let's say, a thousand hours on writing a book, which then maybe no one will write, uh, buy. So if you start the other way around uh, by creating a newsletter or creating uh, posts in, in sequence on LinkedIn, for example, or Facebook, you can create an audience, you can create a desire and, and an interest for your book and also understand what that type of audience are looking for so that you can tailor the rest of the book based on what they are looking for, but also tailor the pricing. Yeah, I think it's an excellent advice. It goes back to the uh, MVP again, where the product is the book. Yeah. And uh, you just test it out with your users um, and then come up with a <clears throat> real product that people will like and start buying. And even some of your early um, users would write reviews and uh, will shoot up on the um top selling charts and uh, that will give another PR and another uh, exposure to your book. Yeah. Um, now, um, uh, whilst, while we're still talking about the books, uh, I want to know your favorite book that impacted your thinking early on. Uh, the book that I remember as uh, a child was uh, Carl Sagan's Contact. Um, I really, really loved reading it and it opened my mind for uh, both the, the space and the possibilities out there, but also the way he wrote it that engaged me in losing track of time. Um, and as as I had a really tough time reading as a child because I'm dyslexic. I didn't read many books, but this is one that I, I will never forget because experience was something different for me. Well, I think um, it is uh, really amazing how um, a lot of people um, take this uh, ability to uh, read books for granted um, and uh, a lot of really successful entrepreneurs are dyslexic challenges they really uh, make the person more resilient and um, tough uh, and I saw your uh, TEDx talk about training your mind uh, through uh, swimming in the cold um, and doing the impossible and just pushing yourself outside of the comfort zone. Uh, those are all the things um, that are critical when you're doing uh, a business or, and just building a life that you really love. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for your uh, time today. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed our conversation. Uh, and as the last question, uh, I would like to uh, know what's your uh, 
growth plan for the future? And uh, what kind of message do you want to leave to our audience today? Yeah, the growth plan for the future is to work uh, more and more globally, uh, but not with the need of traveling as much as I have been doing over the years. I think that the result of the pandemic will be that uh, the organizations, as, as we talked about, will know that it's quite, quite smooth and easy to work using video calls and, uh, and other online tools. Uh, so I will be working more and more with organizations and helping them scale up using smart methods and creative thinking and also by understanding the full complexity in their organization and focusing on their bottlenecks, the things that hold them back. And, and to get closer and closer to my audience as a speaker, I would also encourage people to, to connect with me and see if I, I have capacity over to be mentored to more people because I really enjoy the personal relation and, and to en empower people to do more out with their lives. Uh, excellent. And I think um, that can be very possible uh, in the future with getting more exposure uh, on LinkedIn uh, and also on our uh, blog posts uh, for our Open School of Business. And sometimes we do webinars as well for our audience. And um, I would like for us to keep in touch and I say good luck and stay safe um, and uh, uh, in, enjoy uh, those new endeavors. So good luck with your new book um, and uh, uh, hope to connect soon. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on your show. <laughs>